Investing with IBD is brought to you by Alliance Bernstein, a global investment manager offering active, flexible solutions across asset classes. ABS the tools and expertise investors need to get their portfolios ready to navigate late-cycle investing. To find out more, visit abfunds.com. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to Investing with IBD for March 20th, 2019. I'm your host, Arusha Pierce, and joining me in the studio this week is once again, Chris Gessel, Chief Content Officer of IBD. Good to see you again, Chris. Uh, we're doing this again. They haven't kicked us out yet, but we're, we're having fun. Now, I hate to break it to you. Eventually, you're going to get a half to get out of that seat. Really? And, and rotate a little bit. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Right. No, no one may have broken to you. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to review the current market, uh, the life cycle trade. So these stocks, these great growth stocks have a life cycle. So mm -hmm. we're going to get into that. And as always, we're going to end the episode with some current stocks that are popping up on our radar. But before we get into the current market, next week, Chris, it's a, it's a special week. It is MarketSmith Free Access. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So March 25th to the 31st, once a year, anyone can go and try MarketSmith for free. Okay, and, and this, is, this is my product, and this sure. is a product that I'm absolutely proud of. And so you get a chance to go and try our top-tier product, no credit card required. You can get, get to go and see pattern recognition, see stocks breaking out, get alerts on stocks breaking out. And so definitely take advantage of that. Uh, if you're not a Mark Smith subscriber, come uh, hop on a board and, and uh, give it a shot. So March 25th through the 31st. Well, oh. let me just say something that um, uh, I use your product every day. And in fact, it's just part of my morning routine going through what's breaking out, what's setting up, uh, looking at the growth 250. So it's really integral to, to what we do at IBD and everything works together with it. Yep. And... Uh, with that, let's get into the current market. All right. Okay. So the current market uh, continues to grind higher. It continues to do well, mm -hmm. right? And continues to confound everybody. Right. right. Everyone's waiting for that pullback. We got a brief pullback, but uh, everyone's still waiting for this big correction to come back or this n another bear market or something. Uh, but that's why we have rules. That's why we listen to the market. Uh, we have five distribution days mm -hmm. on both the NASDAQ and the S&P 500. And uh, a couple of things that I noticed, the 50-day the is also starting to trend up too. The 50-day moving average is starting to trend up too. That's a great sign. I think what you said, grind higher. And you know, the first few weeks, everything was you know going up day after day, and maybe there might be a few days of pullback. But it really seems lately that we are kind of en entering a grinding phase where you can be, well, for example, this morning, up a lot in the morning, down a lot in the afternoon, and then you know even to maybe down a little bit uh, by the end of the day. So it's uh, you know a little more more challenging. Challenges your your um, I guess your calmness. It does, and, and I I think it it gives uh, it gives credence to not watching the market too closely. Too if if you're watching if if you're <laughs> if you're if you're going off of every news headline that's coming mm -hmm. out. And uh, I, I know both, for both of us today, it, it was crazy days. I didn't get a chance to watch the market that much at all today. But, you know, but when I got back, you know, people were saying, wow, it was, it was, it was kind of all over the place. Yeah, definitely. You know? and, uh, but I didn't necessarily see it. I just saw how it, how it closed. And so there definitely is something to do that, to do that uh, where you want to just kind of, if you're in stocks, if you, uh, and the market's in an uptrend, you know, a lot of times the best thing you can do is do nothing until you right. get a true signal. Yeah, and and so far we, you know, we've been looking at the market, uh, you know, getting extended. We knew that there was going to be a pullback, and there was a more, I guess, two weeks ago, and last week was fantastic. We bounced off of that. It was wonderful. One, you know, great week all around. This week it's been a little bit more back and forth, and uh, so, I mean, it's just the nature of the market right now. The good thing though is if you look at the S and P five hundred chart. We, we had talked last week and the week before, uh, or just in general, we've been talking about this, about the S&P getting over the 2815 mark. And so now it's closed, it looks like about three days straight over that mark. So that's uh, a good sign. Hopefully it continues to uh, hold above that. And then, uh, you know, assuming if we maybe get some support at the 10-day moving average, like we have so much uh, during this initial rally off the bottom, then the next 
uh, goal is getting back to the old highs around 2940. Yeah, and uh, underneath, and we, we spoke about this group last week, the software stocks continue to act well, mm-hmm. and they continue to lead the market. A number of medical stocks, healthcare stocks, they're also starting to, to act well. They're starting to come up on the radar. Yeah. Uh, so uh, really, when you're in a good rally, you want to see a broad-based rally. Yeah, you, and that's what really, we've had a lot of participation yeah. from a number of different industry groups. And so when you see that type of environment, you, you want to give it a chance. Right. Although lately, there haven't really been that many breakouts because most of the breakouts, initial breakouts, have already happened. And there's some other things setting up, but uh, you know they're not as they're not as powerful looking as the initial breakouts, Wh- which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the January fourth was a falter day. We're what ten weeks into this, more than ten weeks, twelve weeks into this, and so a lot of the best stocks have left the building at this point. And uh, so now you'll have another set of stocks starting to build bases, but sometimes you don't want to necessarily go for those la- lagging stocks maybe build that watch list mm-hmm. of the leading stocks and wait for them to set up another base or pull back to their 15-day moving average. Right. And, you know, I mean, while, while you're waiting for the market to, to offer up you know, new opportunities, we get some headlines that maybe start casting uh, some doubt. And uh, I guess one of them yesterday uh, was FedEx earnings. They missed, they guided lower, and so that was taken as a big sign of, well, maybe this... Uh, global slowdown um, uh, has some credence to it, although the U.S. economy is doing pretty well, and obviously the stock market is is uh, uh, convinced that it's doing all right. So that was weighing on stocks early, and then there were some headlines about, uh, it, it was kind of funny, Trump saying, uh, we're going to keep the tariffs even if the deal gets done oh yeah and the deal's coming along fine so that kind of <laughs> like what's that about i don't get that well and, and you know speaking of the the trade war so, so so that that's all going on uh and then you have of course the the fed and, and the interest rates all now that 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 fear is, is no longer as much of a fear right but uh but with this trade war uh even if it happens right and hopefully it eventually happens and they come to uh, some kind of agreement, right? Uh, a lot of that's baked into the market. That's the the magic of of listening to charts, listening to the market. Mm. A lot of the market's always looking forward. Yeah, but in the I guess another way to look at it, maybe what's happened so far with the trade war is has baked into the economy, right. and it could we really could uh, be facing a slowdown. Now, the nice thing about that is. Uh, earnings started to slow down in the fourth quarter at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Really, that's what caused the correction in the, in Q4 was that companies started reporting and uh, their estimates were much lower than people expected or they weren't beating as, as much. So what's interesting now, um, I've been looking at some of those numbers and a place that I always go is uh, Ed Yardeni's uh, website, yardeni.com, and he's a longtime Wall Street economist and really a numbers-driven guy. So uh, kind of cut from the same cloth that we are that, you know, we'll look at the data first and then try to figure out what's going on. And the nice thing is, so Q1 earnings down 1.5%, but after that, uh, earnings growth starts picking up again. Not a lot. Q2 is 1.1, Q3 is 2.6, but Q4 is 9.4. So the end of the year, you know, we could really start seeing some growth. And really what's important is what the market thinks is going to happen. If and and that those numbers that I just recited kind of explain why the market is rallying, even if uh, maybe some of the headline numbers coming out in recent weeks haven't been all that uh, impressive, and 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 why other people are saying, well, this is just a rally in a uh, bear market. And so for now, we don't have that earnings recession, right? Mm-hmm. People are, are there. There's always that talk too, uh, but uh, the forward estimates. They, they are starting to pick up after uh, trending lower since October. Yeah, yeah, that's the, and I think that's the big takeaway is that they had been, you know, dropping down. I think uh, um, we had showed some of those uh, charts back in our, our level four cancel and masters uh, presentations. And now they've just started to, to tick up mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe it's the first week or two, but that's a good sign. Okay, so an, another thing, and, I, and we get this question a lot with the distribution days. Mm-hmm. 
so we have five, both on the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. And, uh, you know, pe- people get worried you know, if, you know, if you get up to six, seven, right. should you run out at that point? Should you sell everything and head towards the, the sidelines just by using distribution days as your signal? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I would take, you know, understand what the distribution day count is and then look at what the action, the market averages and the leading stocks. And that's been maybe one reason, you know, over the last few days uh, or the last couple of weeks, you know, there's some days when, like today, the market was down modestly, uh, maybe down a half percent or so, and leading stocks were down double that or maybe mm-hmm. triple. So there's always that element that, that um, you know, leaders amplify what's going on in the market on the upside and the downside. And the other thing that we haven't really talked about is, is small caps, uh, which, you know, were absolutely crushed during the bear market. Uh, have come back strong, but in the last couple weeks, they've not been rallying as much as the S&P and uh, the NASDAQ. And so that's been, you know, an issue. And and today they were down probably the most of any of the indexes at the lows. And we we generally want those small caps to do well because that's telling us that the market is willing to take more risk. There's Mm -hmm. more speculation. And so that, that, if I pull up the the IWM on that, that, that's been struggling on the you know, it's meeting resistance on the 200-day moving average. Right, right. There. H- had a strong rally uh, since January, but right up to that 200-day, hit a ceiling, and now it's coming back. It's almost, it, it's acting the way everyone assumed the S&P and the Nasdaq were right. going to act. Yeah, right? actually, everyone, that's a really good point. And uh, so, so that one, the small caps haven't necessarily participated as well as as some of the other, uh, the mid caps and the large cap stocks. And so that's definitely a concern right there. But you know, keep an eye on it. Uh, you don't you don't want to assume. You don't want to predict. Interpret the market, and and the, in the end, listen to the market. Uh, so the key is the market is still in a confirmed uptrend. Obviously, you want to keep an eye on those increasing distribution days. That's always you know that always serves as one warning sign. But I think, as Chris mentioned here. The bigger warning sign for me over the years has been the leading stocks. Has been my stocks. Yeah, you know, exactly. it, it's it's uh, the, the the stocks. Uh, I'm gonna always feel it there, and even when we sold off in Q4 of 2018, my stocks started getting hit pretty hard in September, and so that naturally forced me to cash. Then the distribution days kept mm-hmm. collecting, and then the market cra- cr- started to really crack at that point. So it's always both the market and the leading stocks, th- that way you're gonna get a much better picture of the overall environment. Yeah, and so right now, I mean, leaders, even though they they might move a lot more than the, the general market, in general, if you're looking at their charts, uh, the charts look fine. There's very few things that are showing any signs of weakness right now. So. Yeah, and, and they especially look fine if you're looking at weekly charts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all have a tendency to look at daily charts, you know. And then five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> what have you done but, for me lately? <laughs> right. But the weekly charts, that's the true, true picture right there. And uh, so a lot of times if I get if I find myself getting too antsy mm-hmm. and, and, and starting to, you know, panic a little bit if my stocks are getting hit hard, I pull it up on a weekly chart and say, okay, what's what's the kind of the true picture of right. it? Now sometimes I might lighten up. Okay, let me lighten up a little bit just to acknowledge that, okay, yeah, some of these stocks are getting hit, but the primary trend is still intact when I look at the weekly charts. Right, and one thing I do, I always note on my charts, do I think this stock is gonna be a big uh, winner? Or is this more of a 20% or where I'm I'm expecting to take a 10 to 20% profit? And so, you know, I I know what I wanna have conviction in and when the market starts acting uh, unusual, uh, sell those ones that you don't have conviction about or you know that you don't have uh, sizable gains there's nothing to defend at that point right and and you know what one easy way to do that is sort your portfolio by performance mm-hmm. and then cut from the bottom right too, right so so those are all good tips there and so up next what we're gonna do and this is a good segue here we're gonna discuss the life cycle of a stock and when we talk about life cycle, we're talking about those big winners, the ones that you want to try to hold on to a little bit longer while you're cutting some of those what I call tier two stocks. And so stay tuned. You're listening to Investing with IVD. Hey, guys. Arusha from Investing with IVD here. 
the global economic cycle is moving into its later stages, creating a less favorable mix of growth and inflation. Central banks aren't providing as much fuel to keep things moving either. And market volatility has come back in a big way. All of this makes investing a lot more challenging today. Alliance Bernstein can help. AB is a global investment manager with the tools and expertise to get portfolios ready for a more difficult path ahead. That means finding stocks from companies that are able to deliver quality growth over time. Adding downside protection against market downturns is critical too. And even though interest rates are rising, investors shouldn't avoid duration in their fixed income exposure. The bottom line, investments will have to work harder to generate long-term returns, but that shouldn't mean that investors have to struggle to find answers. AB offers actively managed flexible investment solutions across asset classes. It's what you need to adapt your portfolio for late cycle investing. To find out more, visit abfunds.com. We're back with Chris Gessel on investing with IBD. And in this segment, we're going to talk about the life cycle of a stock. And so these stocks, these great growth stocks, we call them model book stocks. Right. Uh, but these great winning stocks uh, that we all aspire to catch at the beginning, hold it through this long run and, you know, the life changing type sell of Sell at the tippy top. <laughs> sell exactly at the tippy top. And uh, so for this example, we're going to talk about Facebook. Because Facebook is uh, now looking back, it's it's a classic, a winning stock, great mm -hmm. growth stock, a, a model book stock, but it didn't start off that way. Now this was probably Facebook. Yeah, I think Facebook was probably the most hyped IPO that I've ever ever seen. Absolutely. And and so I remember uh, when we were at MarketSmith, we were taking calls. Every call was, how do I get Facebook IPO? How do I get Facebook IPO? And really, at that point, I was like, uh-oh, there's no way that this stock can work right from the beginning. Because if you have normal people like us wanting a stock, there's no way that Wall Street's going to let us win. And the IPO fa failed immediately. It was, I think it was, a, it was a great lesson on why we wait for a setup. Even an IPO, we wait for a setup. We're not in a rush to get it. Because there's going to be time. We can let the stock set up. And uh, we wait for, for IPOs, we wait for what we call an IPO base. It's a really, really short base. It's only right. two to three weeks long. Sometimes Maybe much shorter. Less, yeah. <laughs> Even much shorter than that. But that's the shortest base we'll, we'll wait for. And, and Google had an IPO base. Home Depot had an IPO base. And so when Facebook went public, we were waiting for that IPO base. But... Uh, fortunately, I guess for for those who didn't buy it right from the start, uh, Facebook plummeted. Right, I think it opened up maybe at I want to say it's opened up at forty, and uh, then it got cut in half or something like that, if I remember correctly. On uh, you that. know, it might have had a few days of, of of holding up. I remember talking to people saying, "When should I sell at night?" I said, "I don't know, twenty percent." Oh, I, you know, just know. I, I, you can't really judge anything about a stock uh, so early on. Right. And and so here's Facebook. It got, got cut in half. Yeah. Took a year and a half off. And everyone kind of gave up on it. Oh, Facebook, it, it's done. But this is when Facebook started to really excite Wall Street. On July 25th, 2013, they reported their earnings. And they had an EPS uh, surprise of 31.6%. Mm-hmm. And they had what we call a breakaway gap. And so what a breakaway gap is, it's a breakout, but the stock is also gapping up. But this wasn't just a just a little breakaway gap. This was a massive, huge, massive breakaway gap. On that day, on July 25th, 2013, uh, it was up 29.6%. And the volume on that day, above average uh, against a 50-day moving average volume, it was up 749%. Now, anyone who, you know, any normal person who's not using charts or not using bases to buy mm -hmm. would have thought that you were crazy to try the stock at that time. But if you know charts, if you know what a breakaway gap is, and if you understand that Facebook actually had this potential to become one of these monster winners, you're probably buying it at that point. Yeah. Or and over the next few or next few days, because after that, then it really started to act like a, a great winner and, and took off. Yeah, for, well, in that week when it broke out, it was it 
closed the week up like 31%. And, you know, people, oh my gosh, it's so extended. Actually, one of the things that we learned while uh, doing the research to make the breakout stocks index was that big breakouts are really powerful. And sometimes they can be difficult to, you know, you got to grin and bear it and buy it and hope it doesn't fill the gap. But especially first stage breakout gaps like that, when you've got a company with great sales and earnings growth, uh, it's it's really a good time to get in. Yeah, and and so this was finally Facebook was there, mm-hmm. and n- no one, no normal person, no retail person wanted to try it at that point, and that's why it worked. <laughs> you know, and, and it's amazing how, how the market always works like that. Uh, it, it it shakes out everybody, and then the stock has the the true power to work. Now, the, a few other things with Facebook on that at that time. The reason why they excited Wall Street. They had started to prove that uh, mobile was working. They could generate uh, a ton of uh, revenue right. from mobile. And so now you started to have funds falling over themselves to get into Facebook. And they were the ones, you know, the ones who were crazy enough to, to buy Facebook when it was up 29.6%. It was, it was those funds. They just kept, hey, we, we don't have enough Facebook. We're behind the story. We need to start buying it. And so that was the start of this classic run uh, with Facebook and and really this the beginning of its life cycle right and so that you know that life cycle lasted for really five years where you know it made these initial really big moves and then it would uh, base and break out again and it never really after those that that initial rally out of that first uh, I guess the first uh, two bases uh, it really became a more sedate stock and was yeah. just, uh, you know, was following up on its 200-day line. And, you know, overall, it gave really good gains. But it was a stock that, you know, if you just sat back and held it and didn't get worried about the the machinations day-to-day, you did very well on it. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the 200-day the uh, moving average, Chris. It, it the, the first time it, it had a clear break of the 200-day, was on March 23rd of 2018. So five, almost five years. Right. And and so if you had those shares at $30, $33 uh, on, on that breakaway gap back in 2013, uh, you, you were up huge. And if you had the patience, you were up huge at that point. But Chris, you're absolutely right. The one thing that kind of threw me off on the stock was that it started to trade in a little bit more mild-mannered. Mm-hmm. It, it the, the first kind of run was classic kind of great growth stock behavior. Then after that, it just kind of traded like a, a large institutional stock. Yeah, and actually, if you if you uh, go online and look at the chart, starting in July of 2017, uh, its relative strength line really stopped its upward trend and started going sideways. And so the relative strength line is how the stock uh, performs versus the S&P. So if it's going sideways, it's doing no better than, than the S&P. And then you got to start asking yourself, should I be in a stock that is just doing what SPY is doing and I've got all this company risk? Can, uh, you know, this is, a, this is an issue that comes up all the time on Leaderboard when we're looking at stocks. And maybe the breakout looks nice, but the stock has a history of just matching the S&P, and that's not really what we need to find. We need to find stocks that will beat the S&P. Un- unless you held all of your shares at $30. Then <laughs> you're, you're probably on a boat somewhere. Uh, that's true. But the but the thing was, for you know, really the last 18 months before the, the big break in the stock, it, it stopped truly leading. It was just following the market, whereas before it had always been a big leader. And that was one of the reasons we had it on uh, – leaderboard we had it on early and we've put it on and off uh, a number of times and then we had it in 2017 and one of the reasons that we took it off was because the market's going up and that rs line was going down it's like well this is not working for us let's get rid of it now let's talk a little bit more about the concept of of a life cycle Mm -hmm. and uh late stage basis right okay so a a lot well I'll, i'll just kind kind of give the overview of just kind of a life cycle of a trade Around eighteen months long mm-hmm. for these big winners, and then they'll take they'll take time off. It's not necessarily mean that they're done with. They just might take a, a bunch of time off, and then maybe they'll start a new run. But they but they have a they're they're gonna have bases. We we count bases as they keep moving up, 
and a late stage base, usually a third or fourth stage base, that's where we'll get a little bit more concern. So mm-hmm. ideally, when we buy stocks, we, you know, ideally out of a first or a second stage base, that's where you have a lot of the potential at that point. Around the third stage base, more people start to know about it. Fourth stage base, they're talking about it on everywhere on TV. Right. Yeah, but the, the, the thing with Facebook is because it was kind of a stair-stepping stock, it didn't have those big runs and then b- big pullbacks. It was just you know really solid and moving up. It, its base count never got that high. And uh, really what you know the, the, the overall thing to think about was, okay, this is a stock that's been rallying for five years and now for you know more than a year it's really not leading anymore it's going sideways and so that was one of the the um i I guess flags that maybe the run was uh nearing its end and then the other thing for me just you know from a technical point of view in that last base and i guess it was in early 2018 when it when it uh broke out there just wasn't any volume on the breakout it just you know limped across the 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 uh the buy point and even though it went up you know the next few weeks it was like it's it's hard to kick yourself for um uh passing on something like that when there's really it just doesn't have that power that you normally want to see when it's crossing a buy point yeah unfortunately for me this was one of the few low volume breakouts that i tried (laughs) oh i'm sorry and and so i was up i was like ah facebook you know it's coming back let, let me get a, let, let me get some position in, right. in this stock uh, because you know it, it's still meandering along and and so I'll I'll just get a little bit it's like I was really treating it uh, as a counter trend kind of stock you know mm-hmm. a lot of times you have these really fast moving stocks you want to have a little bit slower moving stocks yeah, also definitely. in your portfolio so this is my slower moving stock and it did move slowly to the upside but right. unfortunately on the earnings in uh, July of 2018 five years. Since after that uh, breakaway gap to the uh, upside, it had a massive gap down to the downside, uh, 18% uh, that that I was uh, lucky enough to participate in <laughs> on that. But uh, yeah, but y- you're right. It it, it was it, it kind of went against everything that that I usually do. I look for high volume breakouts mm-hmm. uh, out of nice bases. This definitely wasn't a nice base, but uh, but I said you know let me get some Facebook here. It, it's just. It's a big company. How you know how 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 bad could the earnings be? Right. You know the reaction be, and and, and so it was, it was a good lesson for me. Now, now the one thing that I've I've learned to do very well over the years is I sell immediately in those gap downs. If if I get caught, I'm out. You know I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I was down, and it went much lower. You know so you can't be a deer in the headlights at that point. Yeah, I was down 18 percent on that day, uh, but I just had to say you know what, I it it, it is what it is. Cut your losses, move on. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 the I mean that happened I guess in uh, July or something like that. So you know, well before the correction started, and then the correction started, and so now you're you're in a weak. You know, if you held it, you're in a weak stock that is now going even lower. And I think it probably lost about forty four percent or so from from the ultimate high. The nice thing is it's come back and it's you know going sideways and if you look at the chart it's really in this area it's trading right you know in the 160s right now and I mean it's been in the 160s it was you know back in maybe August of 2017 so really uh, a year and a half in without making any net headway so you could argue uh, that it's reset the base count and mm. it technically has reset the base count. Maybe it's something to, to keep looking at, but now you come back to the fundamentals and what drove it before was it had huge earnings and sales growth. And what we are seeing lately is it's posted the slowest sales growth in four or five years. I mean, uh, it's in the, the low 30s right now. Those estimates are supposed to go into the 20s over the next uh, uh, four quarters. So, it's it it doesn't have the the power that it once had and the earnings estimates are even worse where they you know they were in the 40% range or you know uh, 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 for many many quarters now the the estimates are I, I think next quarter is like maybe a 1% loss and uh, the, or decline I should say in earnings and then small gains of you know you know, low single digits the next three quarters. So something has to change in the business to re-energize those earnings. And that seems hard to believe right now when 
Uh, we've got you know the EU you know going after everyone over privacy concerns. There are people in Congress who want to break up all the big techs, and uh, you know there there's I, I think people are are becoming more and more aware of how their data is being used and maybe less likely to use that. So there there are definitely some fundamental questions. But if the stock sets up. The earnings come in, it shows you know, some real power. This could be something that will come back. Yeah, in, in the end, listen to the market. The market is always looking forward, mm -hmm. and they reacted to those earnings estimates. And, and so Wall Street, it takes these funds uh, time to get out these stocks, too. They build the stocks up, and then they take some time to get out. And so when they see those estimates starting to decrease, the trends start to decrease, they're going to tiptoe as much as they can out of those stocks. And so... The key here is to pay attention to where your stock is in a life cycle. Uh, if their stocks are on a later stage basis, you know, keep that in mind if they've been running for, for quite a while. Remember, 18 months is kind of the average for these runs. And so keep that in mind. And so you're going to be taking a little bit more risk at that point. Now, I do want to add one thing. Just And, and I'll, let me ask you this, Chris, first. Uh, late stage bases, do, mm -hmm. you, do, you, do you try them? Do you, do you buy out of them? Uh, if they are, if they're a true late stage base, um, I generally do not. I mean, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll buy some third stage bases, but mm -hmm. typically I'll be looking for a 20 or 30% gain and then get out. So I, I, I'm not trying to kid myself that something that's already gone up 200% that year is going to do it again. Occasionally it happens, but it's not uh, too often, but we'll get into some details uh, when we take a look at some other stocks of how you can really analyze those bases and know whether it's a true late stage base or maybe uh, you can make a case that it's uh, setting up again. Yep, so up next, we're gonna talk about a few current stocks on our radar, so stay tuned. Wanna find stocks like the ones on this podcast? A lot of the best names we talk about come from IBD's exclusive stock lists, like the IBD 50 and the Big Cap 20. Whatever type of investor you are, we got a list for you. You can access every one of IBD's lists, plus stock ratings, exclusive analysis, and one-on-one -on -one coaching with a membership to IBD Digital. It costs less than a dollar a day, but for podcast listeners, we're offering an even better price. Go to Investors.com slash podcast offer right now and get your first two months for only $20. Okay, you're listening to Investing with IBD, and this is segment three. So, Chris, let's get right into it. Let's get into some current stocks. So, the first stock that we have on the list is Intuitive Surgical, and this was a stock that had has had a few runs. Oh yeah, right? it's been a it's been a big winner multiple times. And the last great run that it's had was in 2017. Everyone mm -hmm. forgot about the stock, and here's Intuitive Surgical forming a cup with handle breaking out of it and going going on a great great run in, in 2017 but I think that you know the the uh, the bigger lesson is that this whole idea that we were talking about of life cycle of stock so when it came back you know when it when it came out in 2000 it really wasn't until 2004 that it started moving and then it had a you know a monster move right. and basically uh, got knocked down by the uh, by the financial crisis and did not start making new highs again for probably, what, four years after that. So uh, a big uptrend followed by, you know, dead money time. Although there was, uh, you, you know, coming off the bottom, you could have uh, traded it right, right, and, right. and done well. Um, and then again, it went sideways for a long time from 2012 until 2015. And, and like you said, last year, in 2017 and 2018, it really started moving again, and uh, I guess it uh, more than doubled. It almost tripled, didn't it? Yeah, and run. and I actually just pulled up a monthly chart on Intuitive mm -hmm. Surgical too, and you can only see like a big cup with handle from 2012 to 2015 that it started to to emerge right. out of, uh, which is uh, it, that's even that much more confirmation that it's a significant move at that point and and a, a longer term kind of buy signal is happening at that point and generally when it was going sideways those were periods where earnings had slowed down and the company was you know revamping its process or updating the the uh, surgical tools and uh, then it took off again and uh, okay so 
And, and so it started off in 2017 with a cup with handle. It went on a, a great, great run, but it started to slow down again around well, – it started taking a break, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say, in, in the fall of 2018. And it formed a double bottom, which was undercut, and now it's starting to come back. It's right near new highs again. Uh, it reset its base uh, with MarketSmith when we were looking at the the pattern recognition. It reset its base there, so there, there is an undercut. Uh, but, Chris, why don't you talk a little bit more about you, – you started talking about this in segment two about – uh, giving it a year time or a little bit longer time if it goes sideways, mm-hmm. that can also kind of reset the count in, in your analysis. Yeah, well, with intuitive, I mean, it's undercut and it's it spent a lot of time, uh, you know, before the correction and, and during the correction uh, underneath its 200 day. I guess it, I guess it really co- uh, coincided with the, uh, the correction. So now it's back near the new highs. Uh, so it's a true reset, although, I mean, the last new high was in uh actually just the week <laughs> that the correction started in right. October uh the week of October 5th. So, I mean, that's now what 5 months, 6 months. Yep. Uh, uh yeah, around 6 months or so. Yeah. So, that's a good amount of time. I I usually like to see uh you know, longer 9 to 12 months or even longer for a stock to really reset. So, we'll have to see about that. The RS line is looking pretty good. The estimates um, are okay, uh, 10% in 2019, 15% earnings growth in 2020. So uh, that's about half of what the, the recent est- uh, uh, numbers have been. So if it starts beating those and, and showing a lot of power and surprising Wall Street to the upside, you know, this could be something that would start moving again. Although. It makes big moves, but it takes some time to do it. It's not a screamer. Right. And and one thing I think with the stock right now, it didn't have that powerful breakout. Mm-hmm. It, 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 kind of, it formed that cup with handle, and it had a low-volume breakout, right. and it pulled back. And so it's just kind of slowly just meandering upwards, which is not – once again, it's not necessarily a terrible. It's kind of the escalator to riches, yeah. uh, especially for this stock if you look on a, on a, on a monthly or longer-term chart. But, uh, it, but yeah, it's not one of those – it hasn't made the cut, at least for me, because I'm usually looking for those high-volume breakouts. Yeah, I think maybe we'll have to wait till the next earnings uh, report comes out. And uh, you know, if it if it shows power, then that could be something to look at. But I think that you know the the bigger idea is stocks can be great; they can take off sometimes years and be off your radar, and then they come back again. So uh, just because something had a big run before doesn't mean it can't return. It and again, it's usually going to be because those earnings and sales are back in phase again. Okay, let's go to our second stock, and it's Shopify. Mm-hmm. Ticker symbol is Shop S H O P. And uh, Chris, let's go into a little bit about this stock. I'm learning how to type. Well, but while you're trying to pull up the chart, Chris, I'll, I'll give a little bit of insight here. I did it's, it. Okay. <laughs> well, it formed a, a, a larger consolidation. Mm-hmm. It had a great run also in 2017. And uh, now this is a newer company. They went. Uh, they had. They IPO'd back in 2015, and they're doing a, a lot of great things on on the fundamental side, on the story side. And so naturally, it, it took off. It mm-hmm. was one of those first. I think it was, it was one of the first uh, stocks to break out in 2017, and and it just went on an epic run at that point. But like all these great stocks, especially these kind of stocks that go through its life cycle, it took a break, built a large consolidation, which 28 weeks long. Uh, but uh, you had some interesting analysis going uh, to this, where it might be longer than 28 weeks in this one. Yeah, because if you take a look at the chart, it actually, uh, the kind of the meat of that recent base was around 140. Well, that also corresponds to the high and, and basically the buy point of the prior base. So really, if you look uh, at this, people have been um, you know, going sideways in this stock since March of 2018. So as it was you know, starting to, to break out in February, it really had been going sideways for a year, even though that last base did not undercut the previous one. So it, it you know, at least in the uh, pattern recognition, it comes up as a fifth stage base, and normally I wouldn't want to touch that. But when I see that l- length of uh, 
uh, time where it's been going sideways, that gives me, um, I guess, confidence that maybe it's time to uh, for another run. And it you know spent a fair amount of time below the 200-day. Now this one is on leaderboard. Uh, I think both of us we uh, we both own this yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, so you know it, it seems to me that that it you know a new phase is working but again technically if it's doesn't uh continue to act right i mean it's i'm not going to just sit there and say i think that this thing really did reset its base count right. i'm i'm going to be selling if it doesn't uh act right and uh, a few other things here uh, within the consolidation one thing that i really liked is that it had uh, it shook out a lot of people it mm -hmm. kept undercutting its lows and actually uh, we we have a concept called three waves down, and, and and so really made three waves down where you just kept undercutting, undercutting, scaring out everyone, taking out everyone's stops. And then finally, you got rid of everybody, and so now the only people who have the stock are the ones who truly believe in the story, and, and they're, they're really betting for a longer-term kind of gain here. And they're going to hold the stock uh, longer. And, and so once the market came around, the stock has been up, it looks like 10 weeks in a row, uh, and then it broke out, and so far up 14% uh, from from its that large consolidation. Yeah, and the thing you said about how it was shaking people out, they were you know uh, fairly fast shakeouts, and, and really a clue that it was really starting to lead was in December when it uh, went back to the lows of its base. It barely went lower, whereas the rest of the market made a big move down. Right. And so that's why the RS line was starting to rise up. And again, we talked about that last week, is during a correction, we're looking at stocks where the RS lines are rising because we want that that those, that sign of uh, relative strength. And those often, you know, if they're showing relative strength during a correction, when the market turns, often they will carry over to the, the new uptrend. Yeah, and this uptrend has, uh, has proven that, that uh, theory correct again. Uh, that those relative strength line is huge for us during a correction. Uh, so, Chris, let's go into uh, another stock. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, both of us don't own this stock. And uh, <laughs> this one, this one is uh, uh, ticker symbol is GH. It's Garden Health. It's a it's a new company. They just went IPO in October of 2018. And uh, the one person who does in this room in this studio here that does not own it is me. Uh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and and thanks, Chris. We've been spending a lot of time together. It yeah, would have been nice to hey, why don't you check take a look at this stock? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, you know, going back to the life cycle of a stock. So where do where do where does the life begin for a stock? It's with the uh, IPO. Mm -hmm. So I pay a lot of attention to IPOs. And again, in MarketSmith, I'm looking at the IPO screen all the time. Uh, really, uh, I, I want to see the ones that you know ideally have good earnings uh, and sales growth. But the reality is so many companies are coming public now before they're truly profitable. So there's a few out there, not many. And one thing I've been noticing, and actually Shopify was one of these stocks too, mm -hmm. it started running before it had earnings. Yes. Uh, and and so you know, I was kicking myself and because I guess, you know, for so many years it's like if it doesn't have earnings, we're not touching it. I mean, Bill would never touch a stock right, exactly, like that. Right, exactly, yeah. And, uh, and so it, it, it's been very hard to, for me personally to look at stocks that don't have earnings and seriously take you know meaningful positions in them. But I, I've just been noticing how many IPOs really start moving when they are showing great sales growth. And I'm not, not just 20 or 25%. They've got to be like 30, 40, 50, 60% really uh, meaningful amounts over many quarters. And Garden has that. And so then I looked at it and it's like, oh, it, it's doing uh, cancer testing and it, uh, they don't have to take tissue samples. It's, um, uh, I guess, just with blood tests. So right. it's a, a whole lot easier. It's cheaper. You know more about this stock than I do. I, I, I think you took the two points that I oh, knew. Okay, no, but, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. But it, it, it's called liquid biopsy. Okay. And and so what's what's kind of cool with this technology that that Garden Health is using is that you don't have to actually cut out, uh, cut 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 the tumor or whatever out to see if it's cancerous. There, you can take a, a blood test. And they can test uh, these cancer cells. They're they're releasing DNA, and so it's looking for that DNA in the bloodstream. And so from those blood tests, they can start getting a probability whether it's cancer or not. And so now, 
uh, instead of this high cost going into surgery, cutting right. it out, doing all that analysis, you can do a blood test and do a routine blood test, much lower cost. And I read, I think that like Medicare is now approving this process uh, because it's going to save them like a couple of billion dollars on it. So it's uh, it's a very, very interesting story. And if this is the beginning of a great run, the good news is that it's just getting started. Right. Right. Now, that being said, I don't want any of you listeners to go running out and, no, and no. buying GH uh, uh, to, on Friday morning. You know, uh, you have to we all have to be patient. Now, Chris is in a different story than than me. And so I have to be patient. I have to let the stock set up set a base, find some support on the 10-week line. But it's definitely on my watch list mm -hmm. because it's a very, very interesting story. And so, uh, yeah, you definitely want to just keep it, uh, keep an eye on it. Yeah, and, and the, the whole thing, I was watching this. It was in a cup. It was building a handle. And I think it was probably uh, uh, in late January, it started moving off the bottom of the handle. And that's, that's actually a swing trading uh, setup that Justin and I use for Swing Trader. And so this one was a, too thin to put on Swing Trader. It was actually kind of on the, the borderline for me, but uh, I, I like the, the, uh, the sales growth. I like the fact that, uh, you know, if you go to MarketSmith, it's got over 100 A-plus funds in it. Wow, I mean, it's, wow. I mean, so it was telling me like, okay, there's something going on here, much more than what you normally see with, a, with an IPO, plus the sales growth. And admittedly, it was off of very, um, you know, small numbers, but it was growing. And, and it also had a powerful breakout. We, we were right. talking about high volume breakouts, 131 mm percent -hmm. at the breakout, and it finished right at the top of its range. And so it was, it was kind of one of those no brainer. People were going after the stock at that point. Well, um, the nice thing was I I, I was already in it, so yeah. I just <laughs> got I, I, to watch yeah. that. But yeah, you, you know, yeah, we know Chris. Oh, yeah. sorry about that. <laughs> so, but but the thing about it too was it you know it took about three weeks for it to finish that handle, and there were you know the the market was uh, you know it was making me nervous because this mm -hmm. is not the normal type of stock that I would would buy. So, uh, you know, I guess uh, I got in early, but I didn't add there, uh, so I could have done that. But it's gone up really nice. It's done. Uh, it's it when it gets extended above the ten day, it's been pulling back normally, and uh, and then that there was that big earnings gap uh, last week where it was up a huge amount. So uh, I'm you know so far it's acting right. Uh, I've actually hedged it a little bit with some puts just in case uh, things fall apart. But mm, you know. Uh, this is the you know the type of stock that you you're you're always looking for. Absolutely. So let's go into a couple more stocks that are starting to come up on the radar. A couple of IPOs. Uh, the first one is Stoneco, ticker symbol STNE. And so this is a, a new stock, uh, a Brazilian stock that just came out in October of 2018, and uh, great earnings and sales. And it just reported earnings again a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris, why don't you tell a little bit more about this? Well, this uh, again. Uh, uh, it's IPO, so we're we're definitely looking at that. And unlike a lot of other IPOs, this one is actually profitable, and it's showing great earnings and sales growth. And uh, I believe what really started this thing um, rallying off off the the bottom right side of its base was uh, news that Warren Buffett, of all people, right. uh, was right. moving into it. So uh, that that caught our eye, and we uh, we've covered it a, a, a couple times, and. So it's broken out. It's a little extended now, although it's pulling back. It's definitely one I would uh, keep an eye on. There's an added risk. It's uh, Brazilian, right? Right. And uh, at least on leaderboard, we have a, a history with Brazilian payment stocks. Uh, PagSeguro yes. was our, our other one last year that had a beautiful breakout and ran up, I don't know, 30%, and then almost uh, uh, completely round-tripped that that gain before we sold it and then kept going lower so again if there's any problems uh with the world economy and people feel like uh, the trade war is heating up this thing could really uh take a hit if we look at Paxaguro and see how it uh performed when you know uh when emerging markets um started uh, coming under pressure and and one more stock here farfetched uh, ticker symbol FTCH. Right. It's the uh, stock of the day. And uh, again, another IPO. 
Uh, this one is not profitable, and there's not estimates. Uh, uh, I, actually, I guess, no, it's still expected to be uh, losing money. But, again, we're looking at uh, sales gains of 64, 55, 52%, and 55% over the last four quarters. So th that kind of growth, at least on the sales side, uh, catches my attention. It had a big uh, gap up on earnings, and now it's consolidating that fell about 20% or so. So maybe we'll get uh, a cut base uh, forming here. Uh, definitely one to keep an eye on. And, you know, again, if we're, we can't find these stocks that have earnings, let's at least get the sales. So keep an eye on these IPOs. You know, and, and it's always a great thing to, to learn about these great stories. These, some of these companies are doing amazing things and they're, they have the potential to change the world. And finally, always remember that life cycle. These IPOs are, they're, they're a little bit more risky, but remember in the life cycle, some of these are just beginning and they could go on a pretty good run for around 18 months. So thanks, Chris, for being here. Uh, and that's it for this week's episode of Investing with IBD. So next week we have a special guest. We have Randy Watts. Uh, he's the chief investment strategist of William O'Neill. And uh, we had a conference call with him yesterday, and he has a lot of great insight, especially on the kind of the macro environment. And he was explaining to us uh, what's going on with interest rates. And so I think everyone's going to really enjoy this episode. So you definitely want to tune in. And uh, once again, as a reminder, Market Smith Free Access next week, March 25th to the 31st. Definitely hop on. Uh, this is once a year we have this, so it gives you a chance to try our top tier product, Market Smith, uh, for one week for free. Thanks for joining, everyone. I'm Arusha Paris, and thanks for listening. And for this week's Nilton Charts, make sure to go to investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.